Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. Sweetheart, what did the paper say to the pencil? Don't write on me. Ooh, no. That's not, no? That's what I would have said if I was a pencil or a paper. Was that supposed to be the pencil or the paper? Well, I mean, you weren't you weren't either. You were just supposed to give me an answer. Okay, but. I'm sorry. Listen, I try to own my stuff, so I tried to become <laughs> the pencil, or I tried to become the paper. I just forgot. So what did the paper say to the pencil? Stop pointing at me. Very close. Really? You've got a good point. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, that's a funny one. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. I really laughed inside more than I did outside. <laughs> But I did that. I did laugh. I did laugh. Hello. Welcome to Homeschool Unlocked, where we help you see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. We help you unlock how you see homeschooling because it's not school, it's life. And we have the joy of continuing to talk about the brain functions tied to reading. If you're just joining us for the first time, my name is Monica Aviles. We have six children together. We've been homeschooling for 20 years because we have a 20-year-old down to a 7-year-old and we love learning with our children. And so last week when we were talking about reading, you did a great job discussing the skills that the students needed before reading, like attention, memory. Good point on that, Monica. I know you had used the word skills on your summary. We use the word skill a lot, but the term we should have used, if I could just rewind the clock, would be brain functions. Okay. Right? Because what we talked okay. about last week were the brain functions underlying reading. I definitely love learning from you, so I want to hear more about this. So so we're going to continue to dive into our whole science or the brain function behind reading. And the next cognitive process we're going to dive headfirst into is auditory processing. And the title of itself gives it away. How do you process sounds, right? And so one of the major things tied to reading is how a child is able to pay particular attention to all the individual sounds in whatever word that you're using. With regards to sounds, they're either blending multiple little sounds to create that one big word, or they're breaking down big words in terms of segmenting. So, you know, when you're processing or you're differentiating sounds, right, the ability to kind of like differentiate, pay particular attention to little bits of sounds, you're either going to be blending them together or segmenting them, right? I go in and I look at brain functioning. So that would be called phonemic coding analysis or phonemic coding synthesis. That's what I would be diving into. And what's cool about this particular episode is we're building or we're diving into the the background tied to science so that you, the parent, can think of creative ways that don't involve books, that don't involve actual words, to teach kids how to blend different sounds and how to segment bigger sounds right chopping it down right putting it together or chopping it apart so at this point are you even does the child have to recognize the letter and the sound that the letter makes or you're just giving them the sounds separately are you going to explain a little bit more about that yeah you could do it both ways i mean again we have phonemic awareness where you close your eyes and you're just kind of just working purely with sounds or we can open up our eyes and make it phonetic task right where these are the visuals of the sounds And sometimes kids just can't differentiate, 
right? Kids can't hear the little sounds in these some of these bigger words. So if I say the word journal, all of a sudden, some kids don't know that that O is in there. They, they may pick up on the er, the U-R, or they may make it O-R, but, but they can't hear or see all those words in there. So you can do it all by ear, right? Blend and segment sounds, or you can introduce the visual to it. Right. Obviously, once we introduce the visual to it, now we're talking about the phonetic piece. And this is what's super cool about it. We're not necessarily bringing in remedial reading books or, you know, um, uh, books to teach sounds or anything like that. You could just just do this very informally at home with the kid. Like you recognize, wow, my kid can't my kid can't hear all the individual sounds in that word. Let's start working on, you know, saying words and having the kid just segment them. Right. Any any sound, right? Uh, refrigerator. What are all the sounds you hear in there? Oh, oh, you missed that one. Er, refrigerate to er. Okay, right? Because some kids have difficulty with that R sound. They say, uh, right? Refrigerator, right? So all of a sudden, these are just, without actually pulling out reading books and reading material, we can always help kids segment larger sounds or even blend, right? A bunch of small sounds into one. We're going to slide into the next one, right? Because that one, you know, that's not an easy one. Let's slide into another one. This one, in terms of brain functioning, ties to long-term memory, right? Long-term storage and long-term retrieval. Now, I'm able to conduct assessments. Assessments to determine if the child is storing information and if the child is able to retrieve that information. You know, some of the times, you know, especially when we have kids with attention issues, we're not dealing with a memory retrieval issue. We're dealing with a memory storage issue, right? Kids just didn't quite recognize where they put it, right? You tell kids to put some um, eating utensils away and the forks and the spoons and the knives are all in kind of places and they can't find what they put away. That would be a, a retrieval issue, right? But sometimes the kids don't even know how to store information in there. So, you know, when I kind of dive into my assessments that are looking at long-term memory issues, I'm looking at both storage and retrieval, but specifically to reading, there's a concept called naming facility. I had mentioned it in episode one. We're going to be rattling off some terms that are going to require you to maybe dive into the Google dictionary or whatever form that you use, because some of these concepts for us as evaluators and assessors are pretty common. But, you know, it wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily put the word naming facility in an assessment, but we would be explaining to you. So let me tell you what naming facility is. Naming facility is nothing more than simply being able to randomly name items. Right. So if if these are pictorial items, I'm giving you a whole set of pictures, let's say all different kind of fruits, and it's how quickly you can identify them. Okay, apple, pineapple, orange, tangerine. This is rapidly naming what you're seeing. But also it could be rapidly naming verbally what you hear. So if I start rattling off words, I tell you to raise your hand when you hear this particular word. Now, this ability to rapidly identify items is super important. Why is that? Why is that? Because while you're reading, the longer you take to retrieve a word that you should already know or a meaning that you should already know, well, then energy is being spent there. While the energy needs to be spent toward doing things fluently to to lead toward comprehension. Once you start requiring more energy in recalling things, then all of a sudden the idea behind comprehending the material becomes very difficult. How can you teach kids this, right? How can you help them speed up their ability to quickly recall, right? Name quickly, rapidly name things. Just put a bunch of things in front of them. 
And again, these are all brain functions behind reading. You put a bunch of different fruits of them, okay, as fast as you can, you got 30 seconds to name as many of these fruits as possible. And you'll notice some kids will have great difficulty because they can't pull out the information, right? Remember, this is all in that long-term memory, whether it's storage or retrieval, right? Item. Ooh, well, and I want to retrieve. On our Apple podcast, I just want to pull up a review that we got from Jenny Foss 101. She said, congrats on the podcast, and it's so good to hear Jesus again. I love both of your energy, and what a great idea to support families during this time. She actually left that on Geronimo's birthday, so that Appreciate was a nice it. little present double present there also daily you can follow me on instagram at mrs.moni.aviles for daily inspiration let's get back to what you were sharing rapid naming the ability to quickly see something and recall what it is how important do you think that is when a child is trying to read a word and there's a word that they should have like memorized a long time ago and you're like that is the word what w-h-a-t what that needs to be just memorized and quickly pulled up. Every time you see it, we shouldn't be working on trying to retrieve it. We shouldn't be trying to break that word down phonetically. These are one of those that just needs to just be immediately recalled, right? We all have we all have kids that are in that, that little domain. I'm just simply saying to you, that ability to see something that you're supposed to already have memorized and be able to pull it quickly is a fundamental brain function task. And you're able to build that skill directly, right, without involving actual reading in an effort to uh, help with reading. That's that's the whole concept behind working directly with brain functions that are tied to reading without necessarily teaching reading. That's the whole concept of the last two episodes. I'm, I'm sure or I hope that that idea is coming across. If not, that's all right. Send me a little message. We'll come back to five days of reading and we'll... We'll go crazy with that. Could I go to the next function? Function number five. This is the, our third function for today, but it's technically our fifth function in the whole series. Process speed. And just like the name says, it's the speed at which you could process information, right? How quickly, right, mentally, your mental quickness tied to, in this particular case, if we're talking about perceptual speed, how, what you perceive, right, your eyes, right? How quickly you can process information you see. And that's very similar to phonetic coding, right? When we talked about how quickly you can process information that you hear, right? Whether you are segmenting individual little sounds or blending individual little sounds, right? This is the visual side of that whole reading piece. Finally, we're there, right? We went over a whole bunch of things tied to memory, attention, listening. We're finally on the visual side of the equation. And and you've heard it, right? There are some words. We talked about it just in the last... Um, brain function that we talked about with long-term retrieval, right? That naming facility, right? Um, where you need to be able to quickly identify and recall certain visual words, certain visual, what we would call in the assessment world, stimuli. And so that would be the last brain function I would test in determining, are we dealing with a learning issue? Are we dealing with a legit reading issue? If not, like I had told you, it's, uh, it's something else that's going on. And it's pretty amazing to see how each child although they're all growing, they just grow at different rates. And that's something that we can enjoy and not feel stressed about. And I know with our oldest, who really did enjoy kind of more the academic side of learning, he was 10 years old, we were reading Treasure Island, and Jesus put the book down, we went to eat dinner. And then after dinner, he's like, well, what happens next? And 
Jesus said, well, I'm not going to read it until tomorrow or something like that. But he says, you know, why don't you go ahead and just try to read it? And he did. He picked up the book and he started reading. That was 10 years old. And he was our oldest. And I thought, oh, great. Yay. All of them are going to be around 10 years old when they start to read out of their own readiness and comfort with their brain functions or skills all in line. And that actually hasn't been the case. He's been, our oldest has actually been the one that started reading at the earliest age. Yeah, sometimes that feels a little bit awkward when your children are older than most kids and reading, but definitely by the age of 12, we've seen just a fluidity with reading, um, an enjoyment of it. Now, we have our 19-year-old, for example, our 16-year-old, and, and now they read with joy and contentment. And yes, they're in their teens, but they're not burnt out. So I do think there is a lot to just take comfort in and, and be reassured. I mean, if I had to make these last two episodes super duper practical, right? And when I'm talking to one of my kiddos that is learning to read or maybe hasn't even showed me any interest to read, as a matter of fact, the only thing that they've shared is an aversion to read. I'm able to because I, I understand uh, these brain functions underlying reading just to kind of dabble into, okay, is everything in place when that spark is lit? Or do I need to start working on some of these brain functions, right? So I say to him, hey, listen, here's a particular word. What are all the sounds you hear, right? And they're able to tell me some of those sounds. Great. I know that phonetic coding analysis is there. And then I say, okay, listen, if I give you a couple sounds, can, can you put it together for me? Pa, ah, uh, duh. And they put it together and I say, okay, now in my mind, I know, hey, they're able to synthesize and segment. They're able to, um, I mean, they're able to synthesize and blend and they're able to analyze and segment. I know that's in place. I give them a couple things, you know, um, hey, I'm going to point around the room. I need you to tell me as quickly as you can, what is it? All of, all of a sudden, I start pointing to things and they quickly recall it. Okay, I know, I know naming facility is there, right? Again, these are kids that have shown me an aversion to read and no desire at this particular point. And I'm kind of doing just a brief little brain function analysis to see if things in place, right? I do the thing. So, so that thing already covers my little process speed, my, my auditory processing that covers my long-term storage and retrieval. I start going into vocabulary, right? I mean, most of our kids... I'll t- you know, in reality is most kids that have difficulty reading have a pretty good ear and their vocabulary really is high. In some aspects, it's a, like a defense mechanism to kind of mask their difficulties. So a lot of times you may come across kids that have difficulty reading, but they really had to really fine tune that ear and really learn that way. Not because they're trying to hide the fact that they can't read, but that's just how kids are resilient, right? They're just going to build one skill if the other one is down. Yeah, it's kind of like, who is that superhero? Daredevil? The one, the superhero that's Daredevil. Out of way, sweetie. Talk talk to these people. Preach to these people, Monica. <laughs> right. Daredevil. Right, Tell now, them. Now you hear Hazel. Matt Murdock. Super excited. Matt Murdock. That's right. Man, forget about this homeschool. So let's talk about some comic books. I yes, Matt about- Murdock. Matt oh. Murdock. <laughs> what do you remember about Matt Murdock, my love? Well, it just, his other skills are heightened because he is blind. And, and I will say that skills like being observant, vocabulary, patience in some ways, different... Brain functions. These are brain functions. But those things grow. So in the end, there's always development that's happening, even if it's not necessarily with regards to looking at letters and sounding out words. One more thing, Monica, tied to uh, Matt Murdock, 
the Daredevil, there is another superhero. Her name was Toph from The Last Airbender, who used her ears to kind of supplement and augment her, her eyes. Beautiful people, that is Homeschool Unlocked. That is done for this particular episode. If you've enjoyed the episode, we ask you that you please go online, like us, send a comment. Obviously, my queen is providing daily tips to the Homeschool Unlocked community. Remember, sharing is caring. Share this episode with a mom who would love some reading encouragement. Or dads. Yes, that's true. Or grandparents. Oh, grandparents. Peace. Have a beautiful day. See you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life.